Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm so happy to have you guys here today. And we're going to be talking about noticing without judging. And then as a compliment to that, we're going to be talking about making decisions without condemning. And so, yeah, let's just get into that. I'm so happy that you guys are here. I, yeah, I just, yeah, just so grateful to have you guys here. Also, my giveaway is still happening. So if you want to enter into the giveaway for a free coaching session with me, you just have to write a review on Apple Podcasts and then you can send me a screenshot of that review through Instagram and you are entered. Also, my group coaching program for women is full and some women have been trying to, you know, email me or message me and get into it still, but it has been full for about a month now. So, so yeah, so that is just a little update. But without further ado, let's just get into it. So I wanted to talk about noticing without judging both for yourself and other people. So the first aspect of that is when we are interacting with ourselves, when we are interacting with others, but we're watching ourselves or we're noticing that we're doing, let's say, problematic things or, I mean, of course, nothing that's, you know, harmful to someone else necessarily, but, you know, things that are maybe a little dysregulated or we're acting in ways that are acting out or whatnot, we don't, we want to notice those things without judging ourselves. And I'm going to just give you an example from my life the other day. So, I know about myself that when I interact with my family, especially when all of us are together, like my core family, so my mom, dad, and brother, and me, so when I'm interacting with them, my voice gets a lot lower, and I know that's because I have a lot of shields up, and that's just like through years and years and years of feeling not safe, I put up so many, so many walls, and I, you know, will, I'll just like speak in a lower tone. I, you know, have a lot of these little things that kind of come out. But one of the things is that I, um, I kind of create these little like personalities or I'll like just go into these, you know, ways of acting that are very more hyper. Like I, I get more hyper around, around my family. Right. And it's not that anything is happening in those moments that's triggering that. It's just my way of responding to being in a family setting because of years of feeling so unsafe. So then now when there is safety, I actually just still respond in a similar way. And it's so unconscious that I don't realize it's happening until after it's happened, right? So that has been like a pattern for me. So I will just get like really hyper or maybe like just get like more and not like triggered or not like, you know, whatever, but I just get in this very like hyperactive state around my family or, and my voice gets a lot lower and it's very hard for me to like just be just be in that moment right it's very difficult for me right and so something that I practiced was I would just notice after let's say every dinner I had I would just notice 
what came up? Like what, how did I interact? And I would just be honest, like, okay, I, when I was, you know, when, and I would notice the dynamics as well. Okay. When my dad was there, this is what happened. When my dad wasn't there, this is how it went. When my brother was there, this is how I interacted. When my brother wasn't there, this is how I interacted. And I would just notice, and I still notice, you know, what kind of comes up to me, up for me in these family dynamics. And then the next time I have dinner, I say, okay, I'm going to be mindful of the fact that I act, let's say, very hyperactive. And when I go to this dinner, I'm going to be very mindful of trying to be calm and not getting hyperactive, right? Or I'm going to, um, you know, be very mindful of the fact that I kind of, um, you know, use maybe like uh, little voices or quirks to try to avoid vulnerability. Let me try to not do that this time. So, but notice here that I'm just noticing what's going on with me and I'm not judging myself at all. I'm just noticing and just being honest about what is true. This is what happened today. This is what happened yesterday. This is what happened when my, you know, one family member was there. This is what happened when another family member was there. Just being very, very honest and clear and truthful about what is going on. And then from that space, I don't judge myself. I just notice, okay, this is what's happening and this is this is what I don't like. I don't like, you know, that I'm kind of going into these trauma coping mechanisms here. I don't like that I'm acting dysregulated here. I don't like that this doesn't feel vulnerable. I don't like that this doesn't feel authentic because of course, my goal in every moment is to be so 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 authentic and so real, but of course, the most difficult for many people the most difficult space to be your most authentic and vulnerable self is around your family. And so, you know, I notice, okay, this is what doesn't feel good. This is what feels, you know, dysregulating to my nervous system. These are my unconscious ways of interacting. Let me just try to show up differently next time. And when I can do that without judging myself, it creates a level of safety in my body so that I know that I can um, learn and make mistakes and do better or I can actually hold myself accountable in a way that's safe. I know that I can grow safely because most people, they don't allow themselves to grow safely. They condemn themselves. They judge themselves. They shame themselves. And so then growth doesn't happen in a safe way it happens you know and it doesn't even happen then if it if we're shaming ourselves but we're trying to grow through shame and that doesn't work and so what we want to do is we want to learn how to notice our behaviors without judging ourselves but hold ourselves accountable and do better at the same time and I go deeper into this in my coaching um, so I'm not going to go too deep into that but the you know the purpose of of saying that is that we want to be able to notice the you let's say, you know, dysfunctional ways we're interacting without judging ourselves, but notice these things and then be honest and create safety in the way that we notice our dysfunctional patterns. We want to create safety in the way that we um, hold ourselves accountable. We want to create safety in our growth and not judge ourselves, not shame ourselves. And then we want to take, you know, whatever action is necessary, of course, from a space that's not shaming ourselves, but just, hey, I want to be in my most authentic 
embodiment. I want to be in my most authentic space. I'm going to take this next step that feels really, really good because I deserve to be authentic. Um, Life wants me authentic. God wants me authentic. I want myself authentic and real and not dysfunctional. You know, I want myself functioning at an equilibrium state. I want myself functioning healthily and I deserve to function in that way. So I'm going to try my best to correct this type of behavior. Right. And and we do that without judgment. And so when we can do that without judgment for ourselves, we can also extend that to others. And this is, you know, a really, really important you know, aspect here where we want to be able to notice things in other people without judging them. And that doesn't mean that we don't maybe take action to remove them from our life or that we see say, hmm, you know what, this doesn't feel aligned. We can do all of that while not judging someone and not condemning them. So when we can notice in another person, you know, I, you know, have I talked about um multiple times how healing it is when a relationship or a friendship isn't aligned for me. When a relationship or a friendship that I, you know, a friendship I go into with another girl and, you know, it's not aligned and we realize, you know, "Ah, actually this doesn't feel good or I'm like, you know what, I don't feel fully aligned here. That tends to be very, very healing for me because I am for for multiple reasons, but, (laughs) you know, I can be authentic and honest and, you know, have a healing conversation and just be truly real. But also, you know, um, noticing in someone else things without condemning them, without judging them and saying, oh, you know what, like this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Or even if it's totally not even about them, like, hey, I don't feel like I can be my most authentic self here. I don't feel like, you know, this feels right for me or, you know, whatever it is. And that just might be a a clash of personalities or, you know, different levels of embodiment or, you know, different, different levels of safety being, being brought forward. Or it could be, you know, hey, you know, these qualities in this person don't feel right for me. Or, you know, the way that this person responds to me or acts or these beliefs that they hold, whatever it is, right? It doesn't feel fully aligned, but we can notice things in other people without judging them. And this gets harder the closer home the person is. So let's say it's your partner. Let's say it's your mom. um, Let's say it's your brother or your sister, right? So it gets harder the closer the person is, but it's really great to practice with people that aren't super close to you first. So you get your hand in, you know, how you, how this kind of goes. So But it first starts with the way that you interact with yourself. So when you interact with yourself, when you are noticing things in yourself, but you're not judging them, only when you can do that for yourself, can you actually extend that outwards to someone else because we treat others the way that we treat ourselves. So when we, you know, shame ourselves, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That's so stupid. That's so terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm never going to recover from that or, you know, whatever it is like, that's awful. That's shameful. When we judge ourselves so much, of course, if we have harmed someone else, then there's a different level of accountability needed. But if we're just, you know, malfunctioning, (laughs) is that the right word? If we're just, you know, acting off or acting out or whatever, but we're not, you know, killing someone else or abusing someone else or whatnot, which is a different level of energetics, a different space of energetics. But, you know, when we're just doing things that are dysfunctional, um, you know, and we're not judging ourselves for it, that creates a safety so that we can actually learn how to notice things, hold ourselves accountable without judging. 
Now, like I said, you want to extend that out to others as well. And when we judge ourselves really harshly, then we will judge others very harshly. And when when we, you know, um, interact with others and we notice that, hey, I don't like this. Let's say, you know, you you go and hang out with a girl and she's making rude comments to you. Like she, she made a rude comment to you or something like that. Or, and it's not, you know, let's say, or made, let's say she made rude comments about other people. Okay. So she's just kind of like continually talking badly about other people. And that doesn't feel right for you. You're like, Hey, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't sit right with me. I'm not really in that space. I don't really want to be in a friendship where someone is just constantly talking badly about other people. Or let's say she's just constantly trying to gossip and you're just like, Hey, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right for me. Right. So you notice that you say, Hey, you know, to yourself, this girl that I'm hanging out with continually talks badly about other people. She's everything that comes out of her mouth is her talking badly about other people or her, let's say, let's say she just overshares the entire time and she's just trauma dumping on you the entire time. Hey, that doesn't, for me, that would be a hell no. Like that wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable in a friendship like that. Right. So if someone comes forward, if, if we're hanging out and she's just, you know, can't, you know, doesn't have a, a space of regulation within and she's just oversharing and oversharing and oversharing or trauma dumping on me, it, like that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't sit right with me. Right. So there's a, you know, a lot of things that wouldn't, that wouldn't work for me. Right. And, um, and so let's say one of those things happens. Now, we don't have to judge the other person at all. We don't have, we can notice something in someone else without condemning them without saying that they're wrong without you know judging them or saying that they should be like this or they should be like that it's just a simple hey that doesn't feel right for me right like if someone is let's say oversharing the entire time and there's not you know this this space if someone's not able to go to a space of vulnerability that I want to go to and therefore I can't really be my full self that doesn't feel right for me right but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the other person Again, similarly, like if you, you know, something doesn't feel right for me with myself when I'm at dinner with my family, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. It just means that, hey, that doesn't feel good for me right now. How can I correct that behavior? But I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not judging myself. I'm just saying, hey, I'm noticing that this is happening. There's nothing wrong with me, right? But let me try to correct this behavior. So similarly with someone else, hey, that doesn't feel right. Uh, For me in a friendship or something like that, it doesn't feel right in a relationship when you're, you know, obviously you're not saying this to the other person right now, but you're just noticing this in your head. That doesn't feel right for me. Um, I, you know, don't like when this person does this or that. That doesn't feel good for me. You know, that's that's kind of a hard boundary for me. That's something I'm not interested in in a friendship or in, you know, an intimate relationship with someone and I'm not going to judge them. You know, th- there's no need for judgment. What, what do you know about that person's story? Or, you know, for example, for myself, like I used to overshare so much and I would just hog all the conversation <laughs> and, you know, keep all of the attention on myself and just continually just spew all of the stuff I was trying to say and overshare and trauma dump. And I wouldn't you know, share the conversation with someone else when I was younger, right? So that was real for me. Was there something wrong with me at that point? No, that was just the way I was dysfunctionally showing up. And that, you know, was just true for me at that time. Was there something bad about me? No. How could I judge that version of me? That was just me, you know, dysfunctionally acting in a dysfunctional world as I learned to dysfunctionally show up, right? Like that was just all I knew and that there wasn't anything wrong with that. And so therefore, 
there's not anything wrong with someone else who is acting in that way. It just doesn't feel right for me at this space in my life because I don't do that and I don't have friends who interact in that way. And that's a really old embodiment of myself. And, you know, I wouldn't want to hang out with someone that's in that space, right? And so we can make decisions about, you know, this comes to the next part, we can make decisions about someone else without condemning them. This is really, really important. You know, we can make a decision. Let's say someone is gossiping the entire time. You know, I used to gossip when I was younger, right? Like when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, right? Like with my friends, you know, that would be the bulk of our conversation when I was 19, when I was living in New York with my roommates, you know, that was, we would just gossip and we would talk and we would, you know, whatever it is. And gossip isn't always innately wrong. I think it's important to talk about things that are on your heart sometimes. But, you know, if you're just meeting someone and they're consistently telling you, let's say other people's business or they're gossiping about this and that, for me, that wouldn't feel like a full body yes in the relationship because, what are we talking like why are we talking about this you know I don't that it doesn't why are why is this happening you know I want to know your heart I want to get intimate I want to get vulnerable I want to connect with you truly you know if that's where someone else's mind is going a majority of the time that's totally fine but that we just might not be aligned right so we can notice something about someone else without condemning them and when we don't condemn them sorry actually we can make a decision about someone else so let's say we can decide hey this friendship doesn't feel right for me like this friendship doesn't feel right so I'm going to have a conversation with this person tell them it doesn't feel right for me you know and move on or we can have a conversation with this partner or have a conversation with you know whatever it is any person I'm just using friendship because it's kind of it's a lot easier if you're just kind of starting out with a friendship or something. And, um, you know, it's a lot easier than having the conversation with your, you know, 10 year partner or husband or, you know, brother or sister or whatever it is. But, you know, so you have a conversation about about this thing and you don't have to. I mean, for me, I would never with someone that I don't know, you know, with a friend that I'm just starting out with, I would never say to somebody, oh my gosh, you know, you gossip too much. Can you fix that? I would never even bring that up. That's just me personally. I would just say, hey, this friendship doesn't feel aligned because I'm not trying to change that person. I don't want to embarrass them. I'm not trying to fix them or I don't need to hold them accountable. I don't, you know, they don't need that for me. And I don't, care to offer you know unsolicited opinions or advice I would just you know notice something and if it's a boundary for me and it's something I if I don't feel aligned and I don't want to move forward I just tell them I don't want to move forward and I don't feel aligned and I wouldn't say and by the way it's because you do this and you do that and you should fix that because that's not my place in my opinion I just I wouldn't do that so I would just say you know hey I really loved hanging out with you but I don't feel aligned in this friendship or in this relationship or whatever it is and I don't want to move forward and that is you know just uh that's what I would say you know and so in that way we're not condemning anyone else you're just making decisions without condemning others and that is very important because it takes you out of the drama it takes you out of the play when we want to be in the drama and we want to be in this, you know, so immersed in this play of life and we're not able to see through it, 
we want everything to be dramatic, you know, and not everything. It, I mean, nothing is really dramatic. We don't need to be so dramatic about, you know, these things. And so when we can offer someone grace and understanding and kindness and genuinely not judge them and not condemn them, then we can make decisions from a space of genuine love and care. Like, hey, you know, I think you're awesome and I, you know, I care about you or whatever it is, but this is my decision here. And, you know, and when we can offer someone that, it's actually healing probably for them as well because decisions are made and maybe, you know, obviously it's uncomfortable or whatnot, but, you know, to have someone make a decision and not condemn you and not judge you and not be in the drama like you did this to me and you did that and that didn't feel right and blah, 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 you know, whatever it is just genuinely not judging someone else and not condemning them and just being honest about where you're at and what feels right for you and making decisions from that space, that feels really, really good. And so I'm a really big proponent in noticing without judging in both yourself and others and then making decisions without condemning. Like you can make a decision about a relationship and say, hey, this doesn't feel aligned in a partnership in, you know, whatever it is. Obviously, as things get closer to home, there's more things that happen, right? Like if you're in a relationship and you're married for five years and you need to divorce, yeah, that's going to be, you know, there might be obviously some a lot going on there and, you know, a lot of being said and holding people more accountable or whatever because that's the nature of the relationship. But I'm saying that, you know, practicing in these spaces of holding yourself and others accountable without judging yourself or others and then practicing where you can not condemning others while making decisions and that reflects again the way that we we come with ourselves because when we need to make a decision let's say let's say you um let's say you went celibate and then you had sex with this guy uh you know who was you know a jerk to you but you just caved and had sex with him and it didn't feel right and whatnot you need to make a decision after that, right? You need to make a decision. Um, am I going to continue to see him? Am I going to continue to be celibate? Am I going to, uh, you know, rearrange the way that I'm interacting with my sexuality? Am I going, whatever decision we need to make. But when we don't condemn ourselves, we allow ourselves to make a decision from grace and love. And when we're not saying, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. I'm so wrong. This is terrible. I had sex with this guy and I shouldn't have and, you know, therefore I'm wrong and I'm bad and, you know, I'm I'm tainted. Of course, no, you're not. You're not tainted. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not bad. It's, you know, just a decision that happened. Let's make another one. And you don't have to condemn yourself. You don't have to judge yourself. You know, you don't have to shame yourself. We can make decisions from a space of safety. And so all of this is really just learning how to interact with yourself and others from a space of safety. That's all I'm really basically saying. I'm kind of dressing it up with, you know, noticing without condemning or noticing without judging and decisions without condemning. But all it is, is interacting with yourself and others from a space of safety. And so I think that, you know, um, and most times we don't do that. Most people don't interact with themselves and others from a space of safety. So breaking it down in these ways, I think, can be really, really helpful. But I think it's important. And, you know, I um, I believe that when we are in relationships with others, I think it can be incredibly healing 
especially for women, I actually think that, you know, I've been reflecting a lot in the last couple months on relationships with women as I've been entering into a lot more relationships with women. And I've been noticing how deeply regulating it can be to be around safe women, be around women that feel like a full body ass for you. And how much you can come into secure attachment with those women. And I noticed how romantically I can enter into secure attachment, right? But in friendships, of course I can as well, but it was so regulating and so healing for me when I started entering into safe relationships with women and entering into secure attachment with these women. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Where I just felt like this, this healing bomb going over my body because, you know, there were things I remember I had a friend and or I have a friend and, you know, a couple of months ago she was, you know, touching, touching me more, you know, like not sexually, but, you know, she would grab my hand or she would put her arm around me and when she did that, I would tense up. I was like, I, I, uh, you know, I, I just tensed up because for me. I haven't had so many safe friendships with women in my life. And then, I mean, I've had, uh, you know, a couple, but I haven't had a lot. And even within those, there wasn't the level of intimacy that I'm looking to create now. And so these levels of vulnerability and honesty and authenticity and connection and, and you know, just vulnerability that I'm I myself am in personally. So I'm looking to create that with other women when I'm in those spaces with other women who are also in those levels of embodiment, there is, there's almost like a, it, it was so healing because there's things that are going, are happening that I'm 
that are very healing as they happen. That didn't really, you know, come out right, but they're very healing as they occur because I, you know, am I'm having to regulate in the moment like, hey, wait, touch with other women is safe. Hey, wait, you know, um, expressing my truth with other women is safe. Hey, wait, you know, this or that expressing my no or expressing my yes with other women is safe. And so, you know, um, having that happen is incredibly regulating and that can also really set you up for success in relationships should that be a path that you want to take where you know I've noticed that it is when you enter into a relationship with others whether that be friendship whether that be a marriage whether that be a partnership whatever it is whether that be with your family when you're entering into a relationship with others you know, for the years that I've been in relationship with others really deeply, you are constantly reflected back to yourself, you know, yourself. You're constantly reflected back to yourself how you're acting. You're constantly reflected back to yourself, your truth, where you're at, what's going on. And so it shows you yourself on a deeper level. And it's also healing on a whole nother plane than when we are doing the work individually. I think that both spaces and, and phases are really important. But, you know, when you're interacting with others, whether that's sisterhood, whether that's a husband, whether that's a partner, whether that is, you know, whatever it is, it's so incredibly healing to have that community and that safety around you. And you're constantly being brought to deeper levels if the relationships are safe. You're constantly being brought to deeper levels of honesty and truth and intimacy and authenticity. And so I just find it so valuable to be able to be in relationship with others and, you know, create secure attachment in relationship with others. And yeah, it's just been a really wonderful journey. And part of that is being able to um, notice things in others without judging them. And that also, it's not always that you're going to notice something in someone else and then want to break off the friendship, let's say. You know, it also is very helpful to notice things without judging if the thing isn't a big deal for you, if it's not a deal breaker, right? So let's say someone does something for you um, that you're like, hmm, you know, but that's not a deal breaker. You know, that's just their way that they're acting and that's totally fine, right? So let's say, I don't even know what it would be. I'm trying to think of it right now, but, you know, this happens sometimes in my relationships, my friendships where, you know, um, someone just does or says something that, you know, maybe isn't, doesn't feel like a full body yes or doesn't feel completely, you know, whatever it is. You're like, oh, that person, you know, has this little quirk or whatever. But uh, it's not, it's not a deal breaker. It hasn't hurt you. There's nothing that they did to hurt you. It might just be something about themselves, a quality about themselves or something that they're working through or whatever it is, just something personal to them, right? And it's not something that has made you unsafe or not something that feels like a full, you know, a no for you or feels like it has, you know, taken some, some level of intimacy or authenticity away, or it doesn't feel like they're unsafe or whatever it is, or you, you still feel like you can be your full self. So it's just something about them that, you know, you just notice because we there's things about me that my friends and the people around me will notice and they'll be like, hmm, you know, Victoria is this or she's that and she, you know, whatever, but it's not something that is unsafe. It's not something that's crazy. You know, it's just something that is something about me that might maybe rub someone the wrong way. Maybe it's, um, you know, 
I get literally obsessive with things. Like I become very, very obsessive, you know, about books that I read. Like I get really, really like you guys know I'm like obsessed with the Hunger Games. Like I get really hyper fixated on specific things and become, you know, absolutely obsessed with that thing. And so right now I'm obsessed with Fourth Wing and Akatar. But it actually, side note, I've been trying to kind of regulate through that or make myself a little bit less obsessed and hyper fixated. And it's been very, very helpful to go to other spaces of a similar thing. So, for example, reading other books outside of those. And so for me in my past, this is just a side note, but maybe this will be helpful for someone. For me in my past, I if I like something, I will not go to any other space to look for anything. So let's say if I like uh, an artist or a song or whatever it is, I will just listen to that artist for the next seven years and I will never listen to anything else and I won't go looking for anything else. Or if I am look, if I am, you know, if I really like a movie, you know, let's say Hunger Games, right? I become obsessive with Hunger Games and I watch that movie, you know, once a month or something like that. And if I want to, you know, actually a really good example is The Office. I love The Office and I have watched The Office through every single episode, every single season over 30 times. Like I just have gone through the every single episode and every season over 30 times. I stopped counting after 30. But when I was in high school, I started The Office. It's just an easy, you know, thing to have in the background, an easy, quick show. And so I liked it and it was, you know, funny and amusing and I became attached to the characters. And then I, I, you know, I don't go anywhere else looking for anything else. I just watch that show. Okay, great. I want to have some downtime. I'll just watch The Office, even though I've seen this episode 20 times. You know, this is just like comforting for me. So that's just something about myself where I just get very like intense. I'm very intense. I'm a Scorpio moon and I'm just very much, I'm an intense person, as I'm sure everybody can tell. And so, but something that's actually been helpful is I've been intentionally trying to um, scatter. I think that 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 intensity is so helpful for me, like in a marriage or with my goals or with things that I know about myself or, you know, yeah, my interests or whatnot. But I think that knowing how to navigate that energy is really, really helpful. I actually was listening to this YouTube video and someone was saying that, you know, yeah, sex is great, but it bonds you to this person or it helps you forgive the person, especially as women. Like it helps you, um, you know, navigate through whatever difficulty is going on. And that's really only helpful if you're in a marriage, if you're in like a safe marriage with someone. Right. Like it's not really helpful if you have, you know, a boyfriend or it's not really helpful if it's a guy that you don't know or it's not really helpful if it's, you know, someone that is, you know, and that could be helpful for some people. But her point was just that, you know, for a lot of women, it might not be helpful to be having sex with someone outside of a marriage because sex allows you to bond on a chemical level a lot deeper and it allows you to forgive and if this isn't your husband, you might not want to be forgiving them um, 24-7 or allowing the chemicals in your brain to bond to them deeper through adversity. Like that might not be the best decision for you. And so, um, you know, and this this woman, her name's Mina Irfan, I believe. Um, I, I think that's how you say her last name. But her name on YouTube, I think, is The Universe Guru. 
and she was talking about, you know, rotational dating and dating multiple men at the same time and, um, you know, until you're engaged. And although that is not my path, you know, um, let's say, you know, uh, dating, you know, five men at the same time until I'm engaged is not my path. But I really liked that her you know, her understanding and a lot, I really, I took away from it that what you're trying to do is until you are married as a woman, you don't want to put your full intensity towards one person. And I took from that, that I can apply that in other areas of my life, like books or movies or, you know, other things, um, friendships, right? Like I don't have to put 1000% of my intense energy towards one thing. And all the way that I mitigate that is having multiple of those things. And I really appreciated that perspective. And I started doing that with my books. And, you know, I'm really, really into romanticy right now. And I read Fourth Wing and I was obsessed, right? I was like, I mean, Fourth Wing is like God tier. It's like the best book ever. So everyone should go read it. But, um, you know, I was obsessed and I was in this like hangover after I was like so depressed after I read Fourth Wing. Like I wasn't actually depressed, but I was really upset. And, um, you know, I like couldn't stop thinking about Fourth Wing. And so I read the book again because that is my that is the way that it, obviously since I watched The Office 30 times through if I want, if I like something, I will just go do it again. Like I just want to do, I only want to navigate with that thing. Right. And, you know, and then other people were like, well, read a court of thorns and roses. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, I don't want to read a court of thorns and roses. I just want to read fourth wing 10 more times. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I'll use this as an opportunity to practice not being as obsessive, (laughs) not being as obsessive and not being as intense. And, and, you know, um, mitigating my intense energy and kind of scattering it a little bit so that I can interact a little bit more securely and healthily with these things that I really love, right? And so that is like something that I decided to practice. So I read A Court of Thorns and Roses and I realized, wait, I love the main guy in A Court of Thorns and Roses just as much as I love Zayden in Fourth Wing. So I'm like, okay, now I have two things that I'm obsessed with, right? A Court of Thorns and Roses and Fourth Wing. And now my energy is a lot less intense. Wow, that is crazy, right? (laughs) Like doing an experiment. I feel like this is pretty obvious for other people, but I'm a very, very intense person. So um, yeah. (laughs) So that's just like a quality about myself. I'm very, very intense. And I love that about myself. Like I have never met someone who feels as deeply as myself, who's as intense and obsessive as myself. And, um, and you just have to, it's not about, you know, oh my gosh, I need to make that quality go away. Not at all. You just have to learn how to navigate through it. If it's something that's natural to you, if it's not natural to you, then you know, maybe you want to make it go away. But for me, this is just a natural, wonderful part about my personality, which is that I can feel very, very, very deeply. And I, you know, become attached and I love really, really, really deeply. And I just feel all emotions very, very in a, in a very profound way. Um, and so, you know, I, whatever I practiced, you know, kind of 
splitting off that that focus and that attention and it actually made me feel a lot better about fourth wing and about Akatar, right because I'm like okay I love fourth wing I love Zayden but I also really love Rysand and I or Rysand or whatever I I don't like saying it like that but Rysand Rysand and I love Akatar, right and then I started reading now I'm reading the throne uh, throne of glass and I love the main character in that and I think this series is great and suddenly the heightened energy around my intensity is coming down and so the intensity which is what I want I want that intensity to stay because that's a that's like one of the best parts about my personality (laughs) it's one of the best parts about I feel like myself in general is like my intensity and my ability to feel and my connection and whatnot like that's one of my favorite things about myself but then the energy like the the heightened intense not even intense the heightened obsessive energy around it that's what I wanted to switch that's what I've been trying to say for the last 10 minutes but that's what I wanted to uh you know bring down that's what I wanted to navigate that's what I wanted to kind of create a grounding in right so the intensity stays I'm still obsessed with fourth wing I'm still obsessed with Agatar now I have multiple things I'm obsessed with and it kind of creates actually this like healthy just oh I have a hobby or oh I have this is an interest about me or oh this is something I'm interested in or a quirk or whatever but the heightened intense obsessive energy that doesn't feel good that gets brought down and so and for me in this one instance that got brought down from the way I was uh scattering out my my focus on multiple different books and multiple different stories that are really, really good. And so then there's not just one story I'm obsessed with. It becomes, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of really great stories out there and I like them all. And now all my energy isn't focused in one space, making me act, you know, (laughs) kind of insane, right? So that is just a little tidbit. But this started because I, I just went into that little rant because I thought maybe that would be helpful for someone else. Um, you know, and I, I find that to be, you know, that can be a really helpful way to navigate dating as the universe guru Mina says, you know, that can be really helpful for someone. I think that that is could be a really, really great way to go about dating. I think there's multiple really great ways to go about about dating, but I think that could be a really good way, um, you know, to kind of scatter your energy a little bit more. Um, you know, I think that could be wonderful. And on the other hand, I think that, you know, it, that same principle can be applied in other spaces so that you're coming more from an abundance mindset or you're coming more from a secure mindset and you're not, you know, for example, for myself, when I really like, you know, my interests or these little things that I really like, like the Hunger Games or, you know, whatever fourth wing it's not as um like the energy isn't as dysregulated it's more of a grounded energy and it's something that I genuinely love instead of being my love being intertwined with you know this kind of like uh heightened just like this heightened energy you know and that which doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel good so Regardless, this all started because I was saying that maybe someone would be like, wow, she's really obsessed with her books. (laughs) Wow, she's really like she gets like, you know, really obsessive. You know, I was texting a friend of mine about uh, Akatar and I was like really going in on it. Like I was really just like getting really into it because I really just like get really into things in general. And um, 
And, you know, maybe let's say she's like, oh, you know, Victoria gets is very she gets very intense about the things that she likes, the movie she likes, the you know books she likes, whatever it is. And um, and she's like, oh, I OK, that doesn't that doesn't really resonate. Like, I don't I don't I'm not obsessed with that part of her personality, but, you know, that's fine. You know, that that's fine. Um, and so my point here is, is that you can notice something in someone else without it being without it, without it being a need for you to, without it being grounds for you to end the relationship, the principle of noticing without judging can also help you keep relationships lasting. So it also keeps you out of that drama where you might just notice something in someone else and you're like, oh, you know, that's just, you know, okay, she's like this, but whatever, it's fine. Or, oh, he does this and it's kind of annoying, but it's fine, you know, and I'm not going to judge them for it. I'm not going to tell them that they need to change it. I'm not going to, you know, if, let's say a friend was like, oh my gosh, she's so obsessive with Akatar or whatever. And then let's, she doesn't feel the need to message me and say, Victoria, I really, I, I noticed this about your personality and I think that you should really work like that. That's not <laughs> necessary, right? Like it's like, you know, okay, I trust this person to navigate their own stuff and you know, whatever. That's that's something about them. So my point here is, is that noticing without judging allows you to notice without judging, allows you to get clear on what feels right for you, what feels wrong with you, for you without judging someone else. And then you can make decisions from a centered space where you're not, it's not so much drama. Oh my gosh, this person is bad. Oh my gosh, this person is wrong. It's just, this is a unique thing about this person. Does this feel right for me or not? Maybe this is a, you know, a dysfunctional aspect of this person, but does it feel right for me or not? You know, so maybe someone is dysfunctional, let's say, <laughs> let's use my example, right? I don't like to, I'll just use mine instead. Um, you know, oh my gosh, she gets really obsessive about books and, you know, like, you know, I read Akatar, like I couldn't do anything else for like three days. I finished the entire series. Each book is like over 500 pages in seven days. And there's like five books, I think, um, you know, so I was just reading like nonstop the entire week. And, um, and so, you know, maybe someone's like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, she's very, very intense about these kind of things. Okay that's fine, right? Like that's fine with me. She can be intense. She can be, you know, obsessive with these things. That's fine. And then maybe on the other hand, someone gossips all the time and then someone's like, that doesn't feel fine, right? Like, but we're noticing everything that's happening, but we're, because we're not judging it, because we're not coming from this drama space of, oh my gosh, this person's bad. This person's wrong. Oh my gosh, I'm going to make this this huge deal. You can genuinely say, do I, does this feel right for me or not? Maybe she's obsessive. That's fine. <laughs> maybe she gossips. That's not fine with me. And maybe I'm going to keep a friendship or end a friendship based on those things. Right. So, you know, the, these are just things to think about, but I'm definitely a big proponent of noticing without judging. And I'm a big proponent of creating safety in your relationships. And I'm also a very big proponent on making decisions without condemning others, you know, making a decision of if you want this person in your life without condemning them, without saying they're wrong, without judging them. Of course, if someone was abusive, then, you know, that's a little bit different. You know, of course, you could say that they're wrong. If someone has genuinely harmed you, of course, you know, you can navigate that. 
um, in a different way. But I'm just talking about, you know, things about people as you're navigating dating and relationships, things about people that maybe are just where they're at in their life. Maybe they're just at the space like I was when I was 19 where I was gossiping a lot. And that's fine. I'm 19 and I'm gossiping, right? Or maybe they're at the space and they're 25 and they're gossiping a lot or they're 30 and that just doesn't feel right for you. But it doesn't have to mean this whole big story about someone else. It's just allowed to not feel right for you. And you're allowed to not go forward with the friendship based on things that don't feel like they're in alignment with you. You're allowed to not go forward with a relationship with a man, um, you know, or a relationship with a woman based on if it feels aligned for you or not. And you don't have to, as long as the person's not being abusive or violent or misogynistic or racist or these kind of things, you don't have to, let's say, you know, um, make it this whole big thing unless it's one of those things you don't we don't have to make it this whole big thing we can just say hey this personality trait about this person doesn't work for me you know and I think this can also be applied to where you know women will talk about with good men that they meet right like men that they are really wonderful men but the woman is not interested in them you know I've had men like that in my life where they're amazing men who we have all the same values and they're we have a lot of same similar interests and they're just genuinely awesome incredible men but I just wasn't interested and that's also allowed to happen and so we can make decisions again without condemning the other person or ourselves. you're allowed to say hey you're an amazing person but I don't feel aligned in this relationship I don't want to move forward in this relationship, even though there's not even anything wrong with you or nothing that I need to notice. I, they're just it doesn't feel right for me. You're allowed to say that to a man, even if he's the best guy ever. You know, there's a lot of good guys. You don't have to go with every single good guy. You don't have to marry every single good guy that is alive, you know, and you're not going to. So just because someone is a good man doesn't mean that you need to be friends with them or you need to date them or you need to marry them. Just because someone is a kind or wonderful woman doesn't mean you need to be friends with her. Doesn't mean you need to, you know, pull her into your internal world. We're allowed to just have the connections that feel like a full body yes for us. And we're allowed to not have connections that don't feel like a full body yes for us. You know, so I think that all of it, when we come to it from a space of not judging and we are then allow ourselves to make good decisions for us, it just makes relating so much less dramatic and it makes relating so much more healthy and safe because it no longer becomes this heightened drama. It just becomes a, you know, a deepening of ourselves into intimacy and truth and honesty. Even when we're saying, hey, this doesn't feel aligned, that's deepening you into honesty and intimacy. So, so yeah, so that's the end of this podcast. I hope this was helpful for everyone and I will talk to you guys soon. All right, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. 
but nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.